It's October 6, 2022. My name is Jimmy Van, and it's time for KYN Live. My guest has a painting of himself alongside Psycho Sid. He competes with his partner in one-on-one basketball games for a discarded wood trophy, and he does a pretty decent Jeff Hardy dance impression. He is the co-host of Going In Raw. This is Larson. Larson, how are you, man? Good, Jimmy. How are you? Thanks for having me. I I am good. It is a pleasure to talk to you and and to you know I guess officially meet you. And that is an amazing Jeff Hardy impression. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in front of the mirror just perfecting the nuances. I'm sure. I'm sure. Weeks that, and that, makes that hip swivel right. He does too. <laughs> now, like if any time Steve gets attacked, like we're playing basketball, someone comes up and has a beef with him. Right. Right. Before right. I go and defend him. <laughs> I got to start doing this just like Jeff did with Matt. Exactly, so. exactly. That's the way to do it. All right, here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk to KYN7, seven of the top news stories of the week that are stupid, funny, or weird. I'm going to get your reactions, and I'll ask you questions along the way. And guys, send in your Super Chats to get your question or statement read on the air. And if you don't want to donate through YouTube or if you can't catch the show live, go to kynchat.com, leave a question or statement anytime you want, and we'll read it on the air. All right, Steve, I'm back with seven good ones right here. Larson, I mean, sorry, Larson. I'm back, with, I'm back with seven good ones. Are you ready to get started? Yep, let's get started. Let's start with story number seven, reported by the Associated Press. So in Panama, there is a developer called Ocean Builders, and they're building luxury oceanfront homes that they're calling sea pods that are meant to be friendly to the environment and cost-effective to the consumer. And we got some illustrations of what these sea pods are going to look like. Joel, put those up. Look at that beauty, Larson. Look at that. That's oh a sea pod in Panama. We'll see two levels. Beautiful. Lots of windows. Awesome. The prices are slated to start at about 295 grand and they can reach up to 1.5 million if you want, like, you know, a luxury sea pod. Recently in Cologne, Panama, they unveiled a model home of a sea pod because they want to start generating a buzz so that they can start selling them next year. The president of Panama was even there for this like unveiling of the model home. They ran into a problem, Larson. What do you think happened? Um, when was this? Was this around the time? My first question would be, what side of the Isthmus of Panama is this? Are these sea pods on? Are they on the Atlantic side or the Pacific side? This is the Atlantic side. You might be dealing with some uh, uh, tropical storms, some hurricanes, something like this, where if you're out in the middle of the ocean in a sea pod sticking up out there like a, like part of an oil rig, uh, you got some storm surge coming in. <laughs> Your sea pod might soon be a beach shore pod. You know what? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question, and I don't think that the builders did either because uh, what happened was that model home fell over. We have a picture of it. Go ahead, Joel. <laughs> there is the original. That's when it was standing. And then what happened, Joel? There's oh a little gosh. video. This video is uh, courtesy of Marlon Torres on Twitter. There's what ended up happening. I don't know, man. What do you think, Larson? Would you want to go live in a sea pod in the ocean, especially after the model home fell over? What do you think? No, even if the the, the model home was 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 sound, you know, it was sturdy. It was it was it was rooted deep in the ocean floor. Yes. Um, you know, with the way the world's going with climate change, your 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 sea pod might be an underwater pod at some juncture. <laughs> and one of the last places I want to be stuck is underwater without any way of getting out. Uh, right. That sounds like an absolute nightmare scenario. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm thinking I get a sea pod, I get ocean views all day, and I wake up in the right. morning and I see fish swimming in front of my window. 
See, barnacles even better stuck. view. But even better view. It's hey. a great view. You're like, okay, how do I get out of here? Where do I get my food from? If I open the door, water's coming in. Sure, a fish will come in too, but water. I can't breathe water. That's so. That's there's correct. a litany of issues. I would take say a hard pass on these pod homes. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 a landlocked individual. Last time I was on a boat, I vomited for an hour straight. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was my bachelor party too. Uh, with deep sea fishing. As soon as we got out, like to the Pacific Ocean, uh-huh. it was just it was yeah it was it wasn't pretty. I still had fun though. Sounds like it. Maybe before and after that that episode, maybe. Yeah, it was all great. It was a good twenty six hour day. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Well, here's my question for you. So every story that I have on this thing, I always want to ask a question that's kind of related to it. So my question for you related to this one, have you ever put considerable time into making something only for it to go to shit? Could be anything, office furniture, maybe you bake something in the kitchen, artwork, whatever. I mean, there are, there's been times where I've been putting together some like Ikea furniture or something. And and you overestimate the strength of the particle wood boards they're made out of. Yes. And so you start tightening, and then suddenly something starts cracking. Um, another thing that, <laughs> I've had that, that happen too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that happens though is you go and you see this furniture that's that's like that that's that you have to put together, and you go to Target or whatever store. I don't want to put a particular store on blast, but you know I, I'm guessing it happens all over the place. Um, and what they do is they put it together and they glue it, so it's like really sound you know you could like run it over the car it's not going to break well i bought like a cd case from one place and put it together and as soon as i put together it was already leaning and i'm like everything's tight what is going on here it's like all right i put my stuff in and so uh fast forward a couple years later i got to move i take all the stuff out i pick it up and the thing just disintegrates that's completely falls apart hey it's Um, good that you got that two years out of it i know i mean i guess i had to lean it into the corner of my closet (laughs) <laughs> so, so no force would, would hit it ever to knock it over or disturb anything. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I guess it served its purpose for two years for whatever I had to pay for it. But, uh, you know, I'm not that ambitious of a guy in terms of constructing things. Uh-huh. I know my limits in terms of my handiness. Um, so I don't ever really and myself beyond my comfort zone when it comes to like my wife built like this awesome structure in our backyard. And it's, it's, it's great. It's way sturdier than anything I could ever do. Um, and, and hats off to her for, for doing that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not handy and, and yeah, mm-mm, mm-mm. not really you know ambitious what? in that regard either. I saw the wooden trophy that you picked up in order to, you know, to create it for you and Steve to play basketball. Mm-hmm. That was a creative effort, you know, creative effort. Yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, 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 inspiration strikes and, and you, you gotta <laughs> memorialize an event that's so momentous and, and worthy yes. of celebration. Yes. That, you know, you see something, a piece of a discarded wood, uh, which in a lot of ways is, is, is a good symbol for Steve and I's basketball skills. Um, and and you scrawl something on it, winner, whatever, and then whoever wins gets to carry that proudly. Very good. All right, let's go on to story number six, reported by KXAN News. They're always good. They're always real. So people in a neighborhood in Austin, Texas, they say that their doorbell cameras caught the same people stealing packages from their porches, you know, porch pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the neighbors, a woman named Gabriella, she decided that she wanted to get even. So she took a bunch of dirty diapers and she wrapped them up in a box and she put them out on the front porch. Larson, what happened next? Uh, I, dirty. Like are we talking poopy diapers? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Um, gosh. I mean, I guess in my mind, if I pick up a box of, of, of diapers that smell like they, they've been, been used, then I would probably just projectile vomit everywhere. Um, <laughs> that'd be my guess. Right there know, on the porch. Right there on yeah, the porch. Yeah, just right there. Once you like pick up and get a whiff, bleh. It's like the <laughs> SNL skit where they have the hoses in their sleeves and it's yes. just yeah, yeah, you yeah. would forth everywhere. Well, in this case, it turns out that these were uh, uh, vindictive porch pirates because what they did was they brought the diapers back. They wiped them all over the front of the house. Then they came back again and they spread a bag of manure around the front of the house. We got video and pics courtesy of KXAN. Check this out. So there he is grabbing it. Takes off with it right there. Comes back. Look at He's got the diapers in his hands. He's wiping them on the front. And then there's the manure that they spread around the front of the house. Oh my so, gosh. Isn't that amazing? So these were porch pirates that all of a sudden felt like the victim. They were victimized porch pirates. What do you think? I think that's a load of bullshit is what I think. You know, <laughs> literally, like, literally. Yeah. You know, they're, they're stealing stuff from people's porches and they get the temerity. They get upset when they open the box and they think, I don't know, they think it's like some goodies. They think it's like a, a package. I don't know what they think it is. Open it up and it's a bunch of duty diapers and they get upset about it. <laughs> Well, maybe they should look in the mirror at, at themselves and, and think to themselves, you know, at a moment like this, maybe we should do some self-reflection and, and think, you know, this is where our life has come to stealing uh, poop diapers from someone's porch. Maybe we should take our life in another direction rather than going and, 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 and having uh, taking revenge upon these people whose packages they have stolen. Right. Exactly. And, had, and they're rubbing poop everywhere. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Like in their minds, they felt like they were done wrong. You know what I mean? That's wild. That's absolutely wild. It's unbelievable. I, yeah. It really so my, is. My question for you surrounding this one, quite simply, have you ever been the victim of a porch pirate? Uh, well, I'm sure I have. I just can't think of an instance where I can recall... I mean, that's actually a positive thing because if it was on the regular, you'd be able to, you know, you'd think about it in a second. Oh, I, then I would probably had experience like this person leaving a, a, a box of a, a poop in front of my door and hope the son would come and take it. Um, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever had something on a regular basis, at least, uh, uh, taken from my porch. Not that I can recall. My, I'm old, though. My memory's terrible, so it could have happened for a year straight, and I probably forgot. Positive. I mean, uh, Steve told me that somebody took his, his used lawnmower, and then he bought a new lawnmower, and then yes. they took the new lawnmower. Yes, I can confirm that story. He took it right out of his car. Too. It was in the box in the car. They took it right out of right. it. Right. And it was a push mower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have just got, got gone to Home Depot and get yourself one. You know what I'm saying? I know. It's some sometimes the lengths that some of these uh these these thieves go through, go to to steal stuff. It's like the effort you put into that, maybe if that's funneled into a more constructive uh uh area, yes, you won't be resorting to crime then. Exactly, exactly. They'd have a successful like wrestling YouTube channel or something, you know? Exactly. <laughs> All right, reminder guys, get in your super chats to get your question or statement right on the air. Or if you can't catch the show live, go to kynchat.com, leave a contribution at any time, and we'll read your question or statement on the next show. Let's go on to story number five, reported by DMARGE. So you know how you hear stories sometimes about overpriced stuff, like mm -hmm. ridiculously overpriced stuff. Like Louis Vuitton, they had a bag that looked like a paint can, and the thing went for thousands of dollars. There's a restaurant in Dubai called Rain. They spell it R-H-A-I-N, Rain. And they put something on their menu that's expensive, and it's brought to your table in elaborate fashion. 
Larson, any idea what this menu item is? It can't be your run-of-the-mill steak or, or, or grilled chicken thigh or something like that. It's got to be some sort of exotic th- thing, I would imagine. Um, uh, hmm. And so, the, I mean, would it be like some, I don't know. Like, you just can't bring a, a, a ribeye. Like, you go to Ruth's Chris, you get a ribeye, they put on a platter of butter. I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty neat. You know, uh, but <laughs> you're impressed by the butter. Yeah, I like the all butter the sizzling butter there on the plate with a little some garlic and some parsley. Well, that smells really good. Um, well, you're actually on the right track because oh, is, it, it, is it like a Ruth's Chris thing? It is. Well, it is a steak, but it oh. is a, it is a steak covered in gold leaf that sells for a thousand bucks. We got a video of this presentation courtesy of DMARS. Check this out. So staff dressed in army uniforms, they come out what pointing guns because it's like they're defending it. Uh, it's presented inside a case that releases a cloud of smoke when you open it. Wow. Inside is a steak covered in gold leaf, edible gold leaf. I should I should point out there it is there. Wow. Social media is not too happy about the price and they're not too happy about what you get. And I got to tell you, I'm a fan of a good dinner experience and I will pay good money for a good experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd pay shit for that. Like I, that it doesn't appeal to me that the thing is covered in gold leaf. And then you've got guys out there pretending with gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's for me, but what are your thoughts on the, I uh, mean, the I, I, I think if the, 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 the fog machine and the briefcase with the light, that's good presentation. I get into <laughs> yes, that. Yes. Yes. You know, like the gold on the steak doesn't seem appetizing, but I'm like, no. okay, wow. Gold on a steak. That's cool. That's a new experience. Uh-huh. It's the guys with the guns that ruin it for me. When I'm sitting there at a meal and I want a quiet meal, maybe with my wife, maybe with my family, and I order a steak and they say, oh, there's like an elaborate presentation. I'm thinking, all right, cool. I'll get the Ruth's Chris experience. Awesome. Right. The um, butter. Like, give me the butter. Exactly. Butter and garlic and parsley. And it smells so good. Um, and then uh, there's people coming in with guns. I'm thinking, this isn't part of the meal, is it? I'm thinking this is a this is this something going on. I want no part of this. And my heart's racing. I'm like, I gotta feel like I gotta protect my family. And someone rolls up with this briefcase and they open it up and it's all this fog comes out and these lights. It's like the the end of Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> well, they open up the briefcase there and then they bring the steak out. Like the steak with the gold on it, that seems like maybe two or three hundred dollars worth of, of stuff. You're paying eight hundred dollars for someone to point guns at you, essentially. That could be it. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a good value proposition to me personally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I should get some money off the bill if I have a gun <laughs> pointed at me during my dinner experience. Right, 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 right. Should be a freebie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like uh, you're paying a premium for it. Exactly. Um, so no, at, at, in total, if it was two hundred dollars for briefcase with steak and not like man, like the wrestling business was was out of control with great news and. And for somehow, some way, um, I have $200 to spare on a, a, a an okay steak covered in gold. If the mood strikes me, maybe, but no guns. I can't do the guns, no. So what you're saying is if CM Punk loses his shit at a scrum like three more times, yes, yes. then you're going to be able to get that, you know, a $200 gold leaf steak is what you're saying. That's a possibility. I mean, like if I have no bills, nothing to fix around the house, yes, uh, credit cards paid off. Uh, kids don't have anything that costs money. Uh, if I'm like on the, the doorstep of retiring and I have no worries whatsoever, then I, maybe I would consider it. 
All right. Well, my question for you, what is the best or worst dining experience that you have ever had? Um, the best. So this is the, I think I've talked about this on this show. So my wife and I were, were down in Los Angeles visiting a uh, family and we're like, Hey, we're not here often. Let's go have dinner. And so we found just this place. Uh, I think it was in Beverly Hills and it, you know, it, it was, it wasn't too expensive. So we're like, fine, we, I think we could do this. So we went and had dinner and it was really quiet. And then, uh, and the food was good. And then at one of the other tables was Christina Aguilera and her husband and their, their kid. And my wife at the time was a huge Christina fan. And so like part of it was like, I was kind of teasing her a little bit. It's like, Hey, you should go talk to her. You know, knowing you don't go talk to people while they're eating dinner. You don't do <laughs> right, 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 right. And she knows too. I was just teasing her. So at one point they're wrapping up and their kid comes over, over, over by her table and like chats us up a little bit. And then, so she comes by and says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, 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 if he disturbed your meal. It's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry at all. And, uh, it was just, you know, like I, both Steve and I, we lived in LA for a while, um, going to film school and afterwards. And so you just, you're in LA and celebrities are, I won't say they're everywhere, but they're kind of everywhere. And so you don't get as starstruck by stuff very often seeing celebrities, but just having someone come up to you and having a very human interaction right it was just it was 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 neat um and then you know part of it's because my wife liked her music and 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 uh so that was cool um i remember one meal that was really bad i was a kid we were in san francisco we went to a museum and for some reason we were like hey we're gonna eat lunch here and as a kid there's like certain foods you think that cannot be messed up there's hamburgers and there's pizza you know, and you think it's impossible to ruin one of those as a kid because kids kind of eat whatever. And mm -hmm. and as long as it's not going to give you instant food poisoning, you'll eat it. It was the absolute worst hamburger I've ever had. I couldn't eat it. Um, it was like purple in color. <laughs> and like, I don't like as a kid, I didn't leave food. Like if I was hungry, I'd eat. And I was like, sorry, dad, I can't eat this. And he tried. I think he had some like, all right, I understand. And that was it. And I was probably 11. And at that moment, I can remember exactly where we were sitting. I remember every detail about it because it left such an impression, the purple hamburger. Wow. And you, all these years, you still remember the purple hamburger. Mm -hmm. And now that you're an adult, why do you think it was purple? It's probably old meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Amazing. Let's go on to uh, story number four, reported by Delish.com. Oh, these stories. So we were just talking about overpriced silly stuff, right? Yeah. There's a ring maker in the UK called Angelic Diamonds, and they have created an engagement ring that retails for over 11,000 11, bucks, and it's getting attention for the wrong reasons. Larson, what makes this ring unique? Well, if I mean, if it's on, I, I don't know exactly what delish.com makes me think it's food, though. Is this an edible engagement ring? Is this something that you can propose someone? You need to use this for post somebody. And if they're feeling a little peckish during the day, they can just kind of nibble off a little bite of this. <laughs> can you imagine for $11,000? I know. And by, and by the end of the engagement day, it's gone. Exactly. Maybe maybe they take some of that gold steak and use that to make the band right, for it. Right, right. No, so this is the first ever pumpkin spice latte engagement ring. Oh, God. We got pics of it, courtesy of angelicdiamonds.com. So they say it's designed to add a little spice to proposals and jewelry collections. Their website has the tagline, the perfect ring for when it's love at first sip. 
They oh intended they intended for it to replicate the shape of a pumpkin, and the center diamond is supposed to be whipped cream. The limited edition box includes a pumpkin spice scented interior, a cardboard coffee cup wrap, and a pumpkin closure latch. Look at the pumpkin spice latte engagement ring. Now, you mentioned your wife earlier. How do you think your wife would have felt on your engagement day if you dropped to a knee and you pulled out the pumpkin spice latte engagement ring? Mm, I don't know if I'd be married right now. <laughs> I don't know. People really like their pumpkin spice stuff, don't they? I have, I mean, I've seen, you know, you see more and more shit every year and you see it earlier too. You see it in August yeah. now. Yeah. But why, why would anybody, I don't care if you met them at Starbucks. Cause you know, th that's a thing. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Online thing. You met them at Starbucks. Still, why would you spend $11,000 on a ring that's designed to look like pumpkin spice? You know, that there's a niche market for a lot of things. Yes. You know, and like, even though I may not understand all of these niche markets, it doesn't mean they're not viable niche markets. Apparently, someone thought there's a market for an $11,000 $11, for engagement ring probably isn't that bad these days. Um, uh, but I guess if there's a market for people who really love their pumpkin spice, that will drop 11 grand on a ring that kind of vaguely resembles something that looks like a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Was it supposed to look like a pumpkin or pumpkin like a latte or something because it's got the kind of the orange gold deal with whipped cream on top but then it's got the green along the sides like the vines of the pumpkin yeah i think it's both so i because I, you know they don't want it to be shaped like a cup so it looks like it's kind of almost looks like a pumpkin cupcake yes sort of and then it's got like the whipped cream diamonds on the top yeah see if they were going to go all in on one or the other like hey we're, this is literally a pumpkin ring Cool. I can admire that. You're going for something. If this is like, hey, this is Starbucks cup on a wedding band with some diamonds and, and stuff on it. All right. Ain't my thing, but at least you have a vision. You followed it through. I just feel like they're kind of trying to achieve too many things at once. Yeah. I un Unless you have that much disposable income. You know what I mean? Why on earth would you spend a dollar on a uh, pumpkin spice latte engagement. I don't, because it takes time and effort for them to produce something like this. Yes. So they're not just doing it to get social media attention. Like they're, they're, they want to make some money, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't understand why anybody would get that, but that's, that's, that's the world we live in. So let me ask you, do you have a piece of jewelry or clothing or an accessory that you thought was really cool when you bought it, but now you would not dare wear it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the answer I that have, so quick. This could be. Good. I probably have several in my my dresser here, right next to me. Shirts are on the bottom drawer. It's in case of emergency on laundry day when <laughs> when, when there's nothing. Was it affliction? Um, no, I never went there. Well, no affliction, no new metal, none of that. Okay, stuff. okay, okay. Um, there was there's probably like some some impulse purchases on like WWE Shop or something. I'm like, oh, that looks cool, and you get it, and it's like you know, back in the day, they used to silk silk print, silk screen everything. And if, if it's a large graphic, it's like you're wearing a Kevlar vest, a silk screen. Um, it's so thick. Um, as far as jewelry, I don't think so. I don't wear jewelry. There's probably things. There's probably plenty of things, especially when I was young, when I was like, oh, cool. I can get this toy for such and such. You open it and you get it out of the box and it falls apart immediately <laughs> on you. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So Stuff you don't like have that. you don't have one of those uh, all over print Undertaker tees sitting in the bottom drawer there, do you? I I don't have an all-over print Undertaker one, but I do have one that we sold, uh, Steve and I. It's our 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 our, our wolf. Steve did a wolf graphic, 
uh-huh. and so it's a giant wolf head on an all over print shirt, and it looks great. And the red is like really vibrant. It just it's like the sublimated print, so it's like a different uh, cloth, and so it's not the most comfortable shirt. But I'll wear that from time to time. I don't wear it out in public, but I'll wear it around the house. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Very interesting. All right, let's go to story number three. Reported by Vice.com. So, you know, and you know this being in, in, in social media and being in the wrestling world, sometimes straight up people are assholes. That's just kind of how it is sometimes. Yep. Because of the war in the Ukraine and sanctions that various countries have imposed against Russia, the flow of natural gas and oil from Russia to the rest of the world has slowed down. And of course, that has driven up the prices. If you're in Europe, you might face the possibility this winter of being without gas because of the price. Oof. But if you live in Russia, the gas is really cheap, you know, if, if that's where you live. So there is a Russian Twitch streamer and they decided basically to be a dick and do something to remind the rest of the world how cheap the gas is for him. So, uh, Larson, what did this Russian Twitch streamer do? So gas is, I mean, I hope he didn't drink gasoline. <laughs> um, so it's cheap for them, expensive for us. I mean, did he get like a huge barrel of gas and just light on fire? You're very close. He set up a 24-7 live stream on the stovetop, running a single gas burner while playing music all the time. It's we like got a, a video clip. Kind of, huh? kind of like a Yule log. Exactly. Kind of like I should put it up, Joel. So I'm not playing the music, but this guy's handle is Russian Gas One. His first stream ran for 77 hours straight. Oh my gosh. It was full of viewers sharing pro-Russian messages. And of course, he's got the picture of Putin back there. Eventually, Twitch shut it down. But now, of course, the world we live in, there are a bunch of Russian copycats now that are doing the same shit that this guy did. What do you think of this Russian troll job? Do you think because he's not he's not being vindictive. He's not like targeting anybody specifically. Do you think this guy's just a piece of shit or do you think, ah, you know, no, no serious harm being done? Well, I mean, you're burning fossil fuels. It's not good for the planet, first of all. It's very true. Very true. You know. So it, it's kind of irresponsible in that regard to just have a fire going for 72 hours. It's a lot of a lot of gas, a lot of potential CO2 you're you're sending to the atmosphere. Not good for the planet. That means my 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 sea pod is going to be underwater. Um, yes, exactly. It's going to make it. It's, you're going to drown quicker. Exactly, exactly. Just day after day, fish getting closer <laughs> to my window there. Um, I, you know, it's on the internet. People just do shit like this, and. I, I just try to tune that stuff out as much as possible because I feel like a lot of time people do this stuff to get attention. Yes, exactly. That's right. And if you don't give them the attention they want, then they maybe will move on to something else. Um, you know, I I won't say I work hard because we just have a podcast, but you know, Steve and I, we work. Um, we got mm-hmm. families. You know, we got our basketball games. I got kids in sports. There's a lot of stuff that occupies my time, and I just don't feel like. I mean, is, 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 is this great? No, obviously not. But I, you know, there's only so much I can dedicate my, my mental energy to and stuff like this. I'm like, uh, I'll see. I'm like, all right, whatever. Kind of lame. Move on with my day. You know, it's. That's the way to be about it. And, and I've had this conversation with Sean Rossat many times and I know with his following, he deals with a lot of shit. Yeah, he but does deal with a lot of shit. He does. He does. But if you try your best to ignore it, and I know sometimes it can't be easy, but if you try your best to ignore it, the fun is gone for them and they'll move on. I mean, that's that's typically they want that reaction. They want to know that they're pissing you off. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever either done a lighthearted troll job or been the victim of a annoying but harmless online troll job? 
Well, I mean, on a regular basis, Steve and I will troll each other, like on a, a, a daily basis on our show. We'll find some way to try to annoy the other person to try to get a, a, a cheap laugh, either out of them or for ourselves. Um, when I was in college, I lived in a house with four other guys. And so we would constantly try to do little pranks. Um, like we pretty quickly learned how to turn the water off for the house. So if we found out someone was in the shower. We'd sprint outside real fast, turn the water <laughs> off, stuff like that. Or we found out you could, t- you could take off the shower head. This is actually a really good one. I don't know if you can still do this. You could take the shower head off and you could pack it with stuff like Kool-Aid. And so you put the shower head back on and then it'll start, you know, it'll shoot out with like red water or something like that. Right, right, right. And if the shower doesn't take long to heat up, by the time they get in, you'll still be squirting Kool-Aid water on you. And it's not like a huge deal. It's just annoying because like, oh, shit, I got like sticky Kool-Aid water all over me. The shower is going to be a little bit longer. And those assholes downstairs might go and turn the water off halfway through. Uh huh. Which is probably um, what you did, right? It's probably yeah, totally. Did. Totally. Yeah, because yeah. We, were, we were, you know, fools in our early 20s, you know? Um, stuff like that we've done. Um, anything beyond that, not really. I'm, I'm a pretty boring guy. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I don't really do much stuff like that anymore. You know what? That's fine. Harmless stuff is the way to go. So, exactly. uh, you know, you're not killing anybody. You're not slitting throats. Nothing, I'm not, nothing, I'm not, not ruining the environment and costing somebody their C-pod down the line. So Exactly. You're not telling somebody they were a favor hire. You're not doing that, Larson. <laughs> no. All right. Final reminder. Get in your super chats. Have your question or statement right on the air or go to kynchat.com. Leave a contribution at any time and we'll read your question or statement on the next show. Let's go to story number two reported by Golf Today. So the global food industry, delivery industry, continues to grow. And by 2030, it's expected to reach $365 billion worldwide. Saudi Arabia is no exception to this. And in an effort to try to stand out from their competition, one food delivery service in Saudi Arabia is offering a very unique delivery method. Larson, what do you think that is? Like drones doesn't sound like it's 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 wild enough. So, uh, like, could they maybe uh, uh, train uh, uh, animals, like a dog or something, to carry the food like in the bag from its mouth, and then like teach it to read uh, like Google Maps or something? And, That'd be and, impressive. That'd I be know. impressive, man. <laughs> and then the dog, the dog would go to read Google Maps. Wow. Yeah, and the dog would get back and you get a treat, you know? Wow. Wow. Uh what really happened is pretty impressive, but dogs reading Google Maps is impressive too. So the delivery man uses a jetpack to fly food to high-rise balconies. What? And we have a clip courtesy of Tech Skipper. Go ahead, Joel. Look at this. Holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, he moves from one tower to the next in order to drop off orders fast on high rises. There he is dropping it right there. I hope they tip the guy well. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they better tip. They, that better be like at least 50% of the purchase price. <laughs> at least 50%. That's insane. I never would have expected jetpacks to deliver food. Wow. I'm still that's thinking about awesome. the dog. I'm thinking about the dog reading Google Maps. Because that, that I think would be just as cool. If they could combine the two ideas, I think that's really where the money is. You want a dog you put and a dogs, jet pack? dogs with jetpacks, carrying the food from their mouths, <laughs> reading Google Maps. Okay, then you up should be getting rises. 100% tip. 100% oh, yeah, tip definitely. Definitely. The, the delivery fee has got to be at least like $200. The sad thing is the dog doesn't see any of that money, though. 
Right. That's right. You know right. what the dog get when he comes back? He gets a treat. That's it. And that's, that's right. That's a bummer for the dog. The dog deserves a, a, a 75% of that delivery fee. At least because he's reading Google Maps and he's in the jet pack. I yeah, know. 100%. He's assuming all the danger. <laughs> so there are several technologies that have been working on uh, recreational space travel. Right. Elon Musk mm -hmm. is working on one. Richard Branson is working on one. Jeff Bezos is working on one. Which one of those three would you jump on first? And which one of those three would you absolutely jump on last? So it's Bezos, it's Musk, and, and who's the other party? Uh, Musk, Richard Branson from Virgin. Richard Branson, that's right. Yeah, and Jeff Bezos. So I'm, I'm, I'm far from an expert in terms of recreational space travel. Um, I know Richard Branson's been doing it, trying to get up in space for a long, 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 long time. So that either means he's being very meticulous with how he approaches it. Or it's been nothing but problems. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's they keep one on of crashing. the two. Keep crashing. Exactly. Now, uh, Amazon is known for their brutal efficiency. Um, shit, that's a tough call. See, I feel I like I'd probably you, I, trust. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I figured you would pick based on who you like the most. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Branson seems like a good dude. I'll give him a shot kind of thing. Yeah, that's or like, you, or like you just said, Branson's been working on it for 13 years and he hasn't gone anywhere. So they got a shit show happening. That could be or it's like like it's it's everything is all right. We're going to iterate just endlessly. Just we're going to get an inch higher up into the, the toposphere or whatever each time. And then, oh, it's safe. All right, we'll go an inch higher that next time and next time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's being very meticulous and very careful, which I can appreciate because that's that's kind of my personality, too. So I would probably would trust. I mean, Richard Branson's been pretty successful in like his variety of of business ventures. Really so he's got part. an airline, and they've got the mobile yeah, business. And, there was uh, the record label for a while. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily trust any of them, but hundred percent. But I guess, yeah, maybe Richard Branson first, and then maybe Bezos, and then Musk is probably last. Yeah, got the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I think I would go with Musk last as well because, uh, you know, he lies enough about the autonomous driving and what, what the hell was that car yeah. where he threw the rock through the windshield and all oh, his that great, shit? his great idea of, 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 of circumventing traffic jams to build a tunnel underground. Yes, that's right. I think that, I think they just hit a milestone on digging that actually. I read something about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? As soon as you make your trip up to the moon, you know, send me a selfie. We'll do so. <laughs> we'll do we'll do maybe i'll buy that on the moon I'll, I'll say hey dogs on the moon it's time right, we learn right. how to deliver some food what do you say <laughs> all right it is time for story number one already reported by pr nigeria now i gotta warn you this one i'm almost positive is fake but it is so ludicrous i had to include it all right, all right. yeah so clearly full of shit i think had to include it because it's so stupid so there is a video that's been going viral on social media claiming that a woman from Tanzania was supposedly punished by God for committing adultery. And my question for you is what happened to this woman as a result of her supposed sin? Hmm. Oh, wow. Now you got my wheel spin in here. thinking <laughs> of something that's so ludicrous. Um, Boy, that's tough. Do I just go ahead and throw the answer out? Yeah, give me the answer because I feel like anything I come up with is gonna is gonna pale in comparison to how utterly insane this is. So she claims she's turning into a cow, 
And we got video of it courtesy of Tanzania Gossip. Check this out. So she claims that she developed a cow tail and cow legs. Now, Tanzania Gossip, they are known to post bullshit videos like this in order to get views and likes and subscriptions. Most consider this to be very clearly fake. Some people are actually believers and they believe if you fuck with God or, you know, if you, if, if you commit adultery, this, this kind of stuff's going to happen. What do you think? Are you a believer? Did this woman, is she turning into a cow because she cheated on her husband? What do you think is the story here? I mean, no, I don't, as far as I know, there, that doesn't happen. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a religious man, but, uh, I don't believe well, let, Let's see that again. Joel, put that yes. up again, put it up again. What do you think? So there you see the cow legs there and then the tail. What's she doing with her hands? It almost looks like she's making the tail go kind of. Oh, that could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I could see that. I could see that. So what do you think? Maybe she's got her legs buried under the sand, maybe. Or she's like, you possible? know, sitting, sitting on the lower part of her legs. And then she, they got the, the, the cow. I mean, the, the, the cow legs, like the effect is really good. I mean, this is Tanzania. Those could be real cow legs. You know, it's possible. I don't know. Well, so if you committed a crime and you never would because, you know, Larson is a, is a law abiding human being, I but try if, my you, best, yes. if you committed a crime and if you were forced to turn into an animal, if you were told your punishment is that I have oh, a magical power yeah. and you're going to be turned into an animal, what animal would that Easy. be? A dog that could read GPS. <laughs> that would be it. That would be That'd it. Be it. Yeah. Get a jet pack. You have a new food delivery yeah. business. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the money as a dog. Amazing. With the jet Amazing. Pack. Yeah. I think it's a great business idea. Um, you now, know, granted, obviously you'd, you'd be dead in a decade or less, you know? Yeah, I know. But at the same time, you know, what's, what's the average shelf life for a startup company? You know, you get the capital in, in there, you know, since we devised this plan on, on, on your show here, Jimmy, you'd get a cut. Um, yes, yes, yes. you know, you get the venture capitals coming in and once they, that money comes in, what is maybe five years later going out of business, Possible. you know, I get my money, you know, I live as a very happy dog. Get a nice dog bed, a nice dog house somewhere in a nice neighborhood. Yes. Um, hire other dogs that can read GPS and and, and buy uh, you know several jetpacks. At that point, I'm not really doing any of the work. So um, you have an organized dog conglomerate, organized dog crime. You could do that. Well, I mean, I, I would think this would be on the up and up. I get the 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 proper licensing. You know, I don't want to run afoul of the law because that's going to cut into the profit margin. Um, I see. I see. So you're going to uh, get some jetpack licenses. Exactly. The All the, the proper dog. licenses for the dog. Yeah, for the dogs. Yeah. Sure. Interesting business idea. Interesting <laughs> business idea. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Larson, for uh, for being our guest. This is a lot of fun. Tell the people uh, what you're up to and where they can find you. Sure. Uh, first, thank you, Jimmy. This was a lot of fun. Um, going in Raw podcast, Steve and I do about pro wrestling. Um, you found at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, we have a second channel on YouTube for short form stuff. It's called Friendo Club TV. Uh, I'm on Twitter, although I don't do a whole lot at Joy of Bearding. Um, our show account is at Real Going and Raw on the Twitters. Um, and uh, you know, we we stream on Twitch, we 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 post stuff on YouTube and podcasts, so we keep ourselves busy. So uh, if if you're on any of those platforms, come on by and say hi. Amazing. All right, that's gonna do it for KYM Live. Tune in next Thursday at three o'clock Eastern time for more silliness that's totally real. Until then, bye for now. Bye.